Hey guys, it's Lauren Yates here, celebrity interviewer, entertainment reporter, and the host of this podcast, Rave It Up. Celebrity news, reviews, and interviews. If this is the first time you're listening, go check out our show's trailer on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to learn more about us. And make sure to follow us on social media to tell us what else you would like to hear from this podcast. We are under Rave It Up TV on Instagram, Rave It Up Show on Facebook, and our website is raveituptv.com. Now today, we have a chat to Australian country music singer, Catherine Britt. Catherine has just released her new songs, I'm a Country Song and Favourite Song. Two songs off her new upcoming album, Home Truths, out in January next year. So we've chat to her about those songs and also the album. And we also go back and have a chat about our childhood and how it was going from Newcastle and at the age of 17, moving to Nashville for six years by herself. There is so much to cover today, so let's get into it now. Three, two, one. Do this. Raise it all. Hey guys, it's Georgie May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. It's Keegan Allen from Pretty Little Liars. Hi, this is Arthur It's Cosentino. It's Rob Mills. It's Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. Raving it up. Raving it up. Having fun. Hashtag Lauren Rave It Up. Sorry. Thank you, I like that effect. We're raving it up. Catherine, welcome to Rave It Up. It is a pleasure to have you on the show today. How are you going? Good, yeah. I've just had the craziest weekend. I've just moved over the weekend, which everyone knows how horrible that is, so... Um, back to the normal grind today and um, getting ready for, yeah, album and all these things that I've got coming up over the next couple of months. So That's a lot, especially since you're probably not, like, settled into the new house yet, are you? Not quite. And, um, you know, as you may or may not know, I have two little boys as well that are at daycare today, so there's a little relief there. But they're two and one and they're kind of crazy and lovely and amazing. But, yeah, they keep me on my toes, so... Just sort of adds to the chaos of my life. <laughs> well, thank you for taking this time out to chat to us today. Hopefully it'll kind of make you forget about all the other chaos. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> now, since this is your first time on our show, we'd love to get to know you a little bit better and start from the beginning and talk about your childhood, if that's okay, to get a good idea of how you've made it to where you are today. So you grew up in Newcastle and at the age of 17, you actually moved to Nashville for six years. Was that scary? Were you by yourself for then and, you know, having to leave your whole family behind and going to a whole new country? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, Yeah, I did. I moved over there by myself, um, mainly because both my parents had jobs, like full-time jobs. And I've got three older brothers, you know, and they've got kids. And it's not like my parents could just, like, go okay bye everyone we're just gonna go move with Kate like it just didn't seem like that was not even an option so I moved over there on my own at 17 and um I was there about six years all up and uh it was amazing like it was cool it was like going off to uni and you know learning all the ins and outs of the music business and all that stuff but it was also like really tough you know like I I definitely struggled I think a lot with you know mental illness and um being incredibly homesick and uh you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it was easy but it, there was so much wonderful stuff as well like it was just a real incredible experience for me um and of course I have no regrets it's just you know it's a big part of my life I guess now and 
I'm so lucky I get to go back over to the States because of that and tour, you know, once or twice a year, not this year, obviously, but normally I go and tour over there. So it kind of opened up a lot of really great doors for me sort of, you know, ongoing. So I'm very grateful for that, you know, yeah. Well, you got to go through the highs and lows, right? And I, I think it definitely paid off since you toured extensively over there and you released top 40 billboard hits. Like, congratulations. It was definitely worth it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think it's just one of those things, you know, in a, in a long career, you just have so many stepping stones and so many different parts of your life and stuff, you know, like it's, it's so complex, you know. I've been doing this over 20 years and it's, just a crazy story and a crazy journey. So that was, yeah, definitely just another little stepping stone in in the story, yeah. And to this day, you actually remain the youngest Australian to ever perform at the Grand Ole Opry at the age of 17. Congratulations again. But I'd I'd, I'd love to know, were were there any other careers that you wanted to pursue when you were younger or was it, like, always music for you? I was pretty adamant from a pretty young age about music. Um, But in saying that, you know, I always had these other sort of dreams for sure. Um, my dad's a psychologist actually. And for whatever reason, you know, from a very young age, I wanted to do what he did. Like I wanted to help people. And, you know, that's always been a real interest for me, like the brain, the human brain and all that sort of stuff I find really fascinating and mental health and all of that stuff I'm really proactive about. So I think, you know, that is definitely shown through in different ways for me in my life, through music, through whatever. Um, I have done different work over the years with that sort of stuff anyway because I'm so interested in it. So um, it kind of did trickle in, but, you know, it didn't end up obviously being a career path for me. I, I went to go, I got into psychology and uni and then, you know, music just took over my life. So um I'm grateful, obviously, because I think it's a much better job, (laughs) a lot less stressful, Um, and I love what I do every day, you know, whereas I find, you know, a a grinding job like that would just be really tough, but rewarding, but really tough. So, yeah, I'm glad I chose music. (laughs) Well, you're still changing people's lives, but with music this time. Yeah, well, that's true. Yes, that's very true. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. Bryce Johnson from Pretty Little Liars. It's Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. These celebrities are sharing a message of hope and inspiring the younger generation in our new book, Knowing What I Know Now. This is filled with 70 quotes from your favourite celebrities on what they would tell their 14-year-old selves. A book filled with amazing advice to help you chase your dreams or help you deal with bullying or depression. And is available right now on Booktopia. Was your mum into music? Is like music was played in the house or family jam nights yeah. and stuff? Oh, no jams, no. My family they're not musical. Um my brother's musical and he actually now plays in my band, which is so weird because he was always like my older brother who like played in heavy metal bands and um just nothing like me at all. And um We've never even discussed, like, playing together because he was never, like, a serious, he just did it for fun. And, you know, I was always off doing my own thing. And um, it wasn't until recently I just thought, why don't we play together? I don't know. Like, he's a school teacher and, you know, he barely plays that much anymore. I'm like, no, let's do this. So he's now playing in my band on the tour coming up in the next couple of weeks, um, the album preview tour. So 
that'll be really cool and interesting. But he was the only one that really played. And even then he wasn't like me about it. You know, he wasn't like obsessed and, you know, career driven about it. He just did it for fun. Um, But my dad was a really big music fan. So I grew up with music playing all the time in the house. Um, My mum loves music. So whenever I was in the car, it was like Linda Ronstadt or Dolly Parton or um, gosh, classical. She loves classical music. There was always something. And um, yeah. And again, she was, she was a um, school librarian, like a teacher librarian. So (laughs) totally nothing. Yeah. My parent, my family is all very normal and very, smart and I'm like the black sheep who went off and became a country musician (laughs) (laughs) but they're proud that's what matters yeah sure I hope so well yeah I hope so now especially with all the (laughs) success that you've had (laughs) so what drew you to the country music then if you know your mom said she even played some classical your brother's more into the heavy metal sort of thing yeah well I heard all sorts of music growing up even my dad's uh, you know loved country but he loves everything like he loves rock blues whatever so I heard it all as a kid um I don't know it's just something about country music when I started writing songs you know that they sort of came out in that that vein I think because I was so drawn to the honesty and realness in country music you know like the storytelling aspect of it really felt like where I wanted to be musically um plus I fell pretty hard in love with people like Dolly Parton and Loretta Lynn, that movie called Miner's Daughter. I saw that at nine and I was just like, oh, my God, I just, I want to be her. And, you know, it just became this little girl obsession with these, you know, big, fabulous country stars, you know, that, I don't know, I loved I loved their honesty and their songs and I loved that they were businesswomen and they wrote their own music and, you know, ran their own show and I thought that was just really clever and really cool. So, yeah, I don't know. I just naturally got drawn to it, I guess. So Well, that's definitely why I love country music too. As you said, the storytelling, I feel like country music always has the best lyrics. And, oh, yes. Including your songs. <laughs> and you. I couldn't believe this. You know, while I was doing my research on you, I read that you're actually, your story has Elton John in it, the Elton John, because he came across your amazing voice and your songs and took your albums over to America and helped you get a deal with RCA Records. What a pinch me moment. Like, how was it like having the Elton John do that for you? Yeah, super weird. Um, Still to this day, when I tell the story, I feel like I'm telling somebody else's story. You know, it's a really surreal thing that happened. but it did happen and it was, you know, a big part of my career. Like I don't think I would have had those opportunities if it wasn't for him, you know, advocating and being a supporter from day one of me. Um, and, you know, still to this day, he, he's been nothing but kind. I remember when I was diagnosed with, with breast cancer, he was one of the first people to reach out and wanted to see me when he came to Australia and sent me a beautiful handwritten note. And, you know, he's just a really beautiful person and I think, you know, he went above and beyond for me. Um, and I, I know that, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for what he did as far as like doing the duet with me that we released in the US and, you know, over the years having me go to gigs and mention me on stage and all these little things that are just simple for him, but are life changing for the person receiving, you know. So 
he really is a very beautiful person and I'm very grateful for his involvement in my career. You know, he's definitely made an impact, that's for sure. Yeah, he definitely, he always seems like a lovely man, so it's great to hear actual stories that he is exactly like yeah. that. Yeah, well, it's like, it's funny because in media, you know, you hear like the diva stuff and how he like throws something at a camera or something and you're like, really? I just can't, can't picture that. Like, he's so kind, but, you know, I guess at the end of the day, People are the way they are um, in different situations. But, you know, as far as my relationship with him, I've always been very uh, impressed, yes. Yeah. Well, plus the media blow everything out of proportion. We know that. So you <laughs> can never really fully trust yeah. the media and what they put out there. <laughs> that's right. That's true. You just don't know what they're going to say. And, it, and it, that's right. It could be totally taken out of context. But as far as I'm concerned, he's a legend. <laughs> Yeah, like I interviewed Shannon Oll and talked to him about the whole incident on stage when he just lost it with people throwing cans yeah. at him. And he's like, that was totally written wrong as well. Like I told them to stop like 50 times. So like these journalists don't actually put the full story in there, which is so frustrating. It's like I feel so yeah. sorry for some people, you know, especially some celebrities uh, that are written about. Oh, my goodness. Well, everyone likes a drama. Absolutely. That's how they make their money. Yeah. It's just our business. You just go with it, you know. Did you know Rave It Up Now has a private Facebook group where we give away regular prizes and you get to have a sneak peek at what we're up to? You'll get to see some fun behind-the-scenes action and can be part of the interview process yourself, just like a real journalist. So come join us and share your passion for entertainment with all of our other fans. Just search Rave It Up Community on Facebook and we look forward to getting to know you. Your recording career actually started when you were only 14, I read, so when you first released your first EP. Do you feel like, you yeah. know, starting so young kind of took away your childhood a little bit or are you actually really grateful that you got to start so early and be ahead of the crowd? <laughs> Look, I think there is elements of that for sure. Uh, instead of, like, going to sleepovers on the weekends, I was, like, you know, doing gigs and trying to start a career. So, you know, there was a certain point where my friends kind of just stopped inviting me to stuff because I could never go. And so it really did affect me, you know, for sure. I know that feeling. (laughs) Yeah, like I think it really did impact my life, but I didn't care. I was so driven and I was so focused on what I wanted to do that missing out on another sleepover at my old mate's house, like I just didn't. It didn't bother me because I was going to play a gig opening for Casey Chambers or I was going to go do a jam night and Troy Castelli was going to be there or whatever. Like I was so focused on that that, you know, those those school things meant nothing to me. I was like, eh, you know, that's whatever. So, you know, I understand that there was, yeah, a lot of my sort of that that simple life and that, you know, that childhood sweet, you know, simple stuff was sort of taken away from me, but I I wouldn't have had it any other way you know so that's great yeah exactly you're passionate you wanted to get ahead and live your dream and it's good to do that earlier well that's right yeah I just I knew what I wanted from a young age so there was not really any stopping me once I was focused on it so yeah we're so similar in that way I was exactly the same and then like all your friends at school when they finish school it's like I don't know what I want to do it's like well I'm already like already pretty much there or halfway there (laughs) I've been personally a fan of yours since uh, 2004 when my mum showed me the video clip of your song upside of being down (laughs) right 
and right. you immediately drew me in with your line about not sharing your hugging darts. Did you write that song yourself, and or did you co-write it? Because I want to know who the genius is behind that line. <laughs> is it you? <laughs> I didn't write that song. Um, <clears throat> it's actually one of the few that I recorded over time that was somebody else's song. But, it, you know, I think when you do that naturally, like for me, because I'm such a songwriter, when I do record outside of my own music, it's because I feel like I could have written that song. You know, so like I sort of see myself inside it and I'm like oh yeah I could have written that so that you know I can sing that with belief you know like that it's that it's my coming from me so um yeah it was a couple of girls um a mother-daughter duo that actually wrote that song the Baker Sisters and um it was pitched to me and I just yeah I thought no that's that's my song (laughs) so yeah I think a lot of girls can relate to it that's why it's so good because every single lyric you're like oh yeah uh uh-huh yeah I agree with that too (laughs) And that's why I was like, I totally could see you writing that too because of all the other yeah, amazing cool. songs and lyrics you've come up with. Well, that's right. Look, I think, you know, um, it really felt like something I would have written. Like it feels like a Catherine Britt song to me. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it technically is because you did, you did sing it. <laughs> you did record it. Technically it is mine now, yes. <laughs> you have really expanded your career as well, not just, you know, your singing and songwriting. You've also just started your own independent label called Beverly Hillbilly Records. Not many artists do that, so good on you. What do you think was, like, the biggest challenge for you when, when starting this label up? Oh, there's been so many challenges. Um, you know, going independent is just epic. Like I've never done it. You know, I've always been on a label my whole life. So I've always had everyone else take care of everything for me. And um, I just kind of write the songs and, you know, do do the creative side of things. But I mean, I've always worked really hard, but I've never worked harder than I have in the last, you know, six months, 12 months. And, you know, it's so rewarding because, you know, I reap all the benefits now, not a record label or a manager or whatever agent, you know, like I'm doing all the work, but I reap the benefits and that that goes back into my family and my children's future. And, you know, I mean, I'm not reaping any benefits yet, but I feel like I will (laughs) in the future. But right now it's just a lot of hard work and a lot of preparation and just getting everything ready for that release. And, um, yeah, it's been a big learning curve, but I feel really like empowered and I feel really like proud of myself that, you know, I did that move because it is really scary and it is pretty full on. But, um, yeah, I, I'm really glad I did it and I'm really excited for what that means in the future. Like I would like to even sign, um, artists, you know, to the label and release them through the label. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a forward thinking thing and, um, I'm excited to develop it. You're continuing to help others. Yeah, exactly. Wow. How are you finding, like, balancing the time since you're even busier now and you've got, as you said, a one- and two-year-old? I'm just ADD, I guess, so and it works. You know, I don't I don't know. I work a lot at night um, when the kids are asleep. I guess that's my best method. Um, but, you know, it's just really tricky with them. You know, I just sort of have to work around them and um, – I have a lot of toys so that I do get that hour here and there to catch up on emails or whatever. But I really do try and just when I'm with them, just focus on being mum. But it's tough because I am trying to run a business at the same time, you know. So it's definitely a balance that a constant struggle and a constant balance that I have to do every day. And 
I'm just finding my way through it. You know, my boys need me as well because they're only so little and I don't want to put them in daycare every day because I want to spend this time while I can with them too. So I know it's important, but I also know it's important to be with me. So yeah, I just every day, you know, just try and make it the best I can uh, both ways. Good on you. And I'm sure every single working mother watching this right now can so agree with you. (laughs) You'll get it. Yes, that's right. This show is brought to you by Vegas Nights, specializing in all of your party needs. They have photo booths, poker tables, and decorations for heaps of different party themes. Visit their website now at vegasnights.com.au or give them a call on 1300 135 394. Vegas Nights, you can't lose. Do you love the world of entertainment? And do you love writing? Well, you could be perfect to join Rave It Up. We are currently looking for talented new writers to write for our website, raveituptv.com. You must speak fluent English and be passionate about everything entertainment, from celebrities to movies and music. If you're interested, please email us at info at raveituptv.com. Why did you call the label Beverly Hillbilly Records? It's such an interesting name. Yeah, well, um, it's because my married name is Beverly and so my boys and I share the name Beverly. Um, but it, I don't know, it's just been this business thing that's been running for ever since I got married because um, Hillbilly is kind of my branding as well, you know, releasing Hillbilly Pick and Rambling Girls, one of my first singles and that don't bother me. All that stuff has been very much the Hillbilly brand and I've kind of kept it going throughout my career like I'll do the gig in Tamworth and it'll be called the Hillbilly Sessions and whatever. So I've kind of taken the brand of my last name and my, you know, latest whatever endeavor being married uh, and mixed it with, you know, my brand. So, and the Beverly Hillbillies, you know, the show, I guess, um, kind of just as a play on that as well. So, yeah, I, I originally started out, we had the business Beverly Hillbilly Proprietary Limited and then that ran Catherine Britt and we owned, a, you know, um, a music magazine for a while called Rhythms. So that was under the, you know, the incorporated as well. And then I opened a studio in my backyard uh, that we built called the Beverly Hillbilly Studios. So <laughs> that then got added underneath the branding and now the, the record label as well. So it kind of all just ties in together, if that makes sense. Yeah. Good on you. Wow. I love hearing these stories because I was looking at it going, is it supposed to be like a play on words of, Beverly Hills and then <laughs> Hillbilly's obviously the country part. I don't know. Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah. know Beverly was your last name. There you go. I learnt something yeah. new. <laughs> well, technically, it's my yeah, married name, yes. Well, we will be moving on to chatting about your music very, very soon. I just have one extra question to ask you because this is such a positive and motivating show and really showing our audience that, you know, the nine to five jobs are always going to be there. You know, life is short. You might as well do what you love and live with passion. But then on the other side of things, we talk about, you know, kind of like we have a few times today already that we really talk about like the real topics and, you know, the, even though, you know, these fans might be looking up to celebrities and going, Oh my God, they've got it all. And they're perfect. You know, we're humans. We're not all perfect. And we definitely, you know, go through our ups and downs and especially those down days, especially now with through COVID as well. How, how do you look after your mental health personally? And especially as you mentioned that, you know, you did go through breast cancer as well. So to go through something so like enormous with that, to get through the other side with such a strong mental health, 
and and also how you're getting through all this COVID time and having to be you know when you're in lockdown with the little ones and not yeah. being able to perform live like this whole year has just really right. yeah really affected everybody and I think everybody wants to hear how others are getting through it yeah for sure um I think for me, you know, being a daughter of a psychologist, I've always been very proactive about my mental health, but I have struggled as well. Like, you know, when I was living in Nashville, I was there a few years, I was about 20 and I, I, one week, I just didn't get out of bed for a week. And then I did get out of bed and I was like, so like skinny. I was like, oh my God, what happened? And I, I just remember feeling like this awful dark shadow over me all the time. And of course, I was immediately sent to go and see somebody and I was diagnosed with severe depression and, you know, kind of took a year off a little bit trying to figure that out and sort of work through it. And, um, you know, I came out the other side of it, thank goodness. Um, and I've never been back there again to that depressive state. I don't know how because my life has just been one thing after another and I, I keep waiting for myself to go back into that because I think, well, you know, now would be the time that I would you know, become depressed. And I just don't. I, I don't know what it is, whether, I mean, I really do take care of myself as best I can, like as far, as far as like exercise and diet and stuff like that. And I think that's that plays a lot of, into your mental health as well, how you treat your body. Um, and I, you know, I try and just be super aware of my feelings all the time, even when it's really awful and hard. I allow it, you know, I allow myself to cry. I allow myself to feel, um, I'm not, you know, cause I'm not going to say that going through what I went through was easy, but I just allowed myself to not be okay with it when I was not okay with it, you know? And I think that trying not to suppress feelings is the best thing to do for me. And during COVID, you know, it was really hard and we really struggled financially. And, you know, there was just a lot of stress through that time, but, I just try and make the most out of situations, I guess. Like, and, and, you know, when I got diagnosed with breast cancer, I just started raising money for breast cancer and I took the focus off me and made it a positive focus, you know? So for me, I'm always just trying to make the best of shitty situations. (laughs) So I can feel better about it. Um, That's honestly my way of dealing with things. And I think, you know, it's gotten me to, to 35. All right. So I might as well just keep going with that, I guess. <laughs> and I'm sure just by keeping busy as well. Well, keeping busy helps. Yes. Um, when I do allow myself to be quiet and alone, I do struggle mentally. Definitely. I, I allow thoughts to come in and I think that's everyone though. I think if you allow yourself to really think about stuff, you know, everyone has something to be sad about and everyone is struggling with something. And that's why I feel like you just have to be kind to others because you just don't know what people are going through and no one's life's easy. You know, no one's, everything's, you know, perfect all the time. So we all have things going on in our personal lives that we need to just be aware of each other and take care of each other and be kind. So that's kind of like how I like to live my life. Yeah. I couldn't have said that better myself. Thank you. Like, (laughs) <laughs> I think we've just really opened the eyes of the audience, you know, that we should, should all be kind to each other. It's a good way to yes. end that little bit of a topic. <laughs> Did you know we filmed this interview? 
well, come on over to our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. You can subscribe for free. And here's a little secret. We like to reward our active subscribers with autographed photos and merchandise, no matter where you are in the world. So don't forget to give us a thumbs up while you're there and get busy sharing the videos with your friends. You do have your new single out now called I Am A Country Song. Everyone can go check that out. And you've also got your new album, Home Truths, coming out on the 15th of January. Woohoo! We're all so excited. And this is your first release in over 20 years as a completely independent Australian artist. Big, big deal. Yeah. How does it feel to release something fully independent and have complete control over it because you did write every single song off this album too didn't you I did I wrote all the songs I produced it myself I yeah look it's been it's been a lot of hard work but I cannot wait to release this album because it feels really raw really honest really real um it is my first independent release so me and and my fans and supporters did this together you know we we funded it together we did all the hard work together and they had my back the whole way. And, you know, I, I feel so supported. And the first single, it, it's just been killing it. You know, it's the charts and the playlisting and all that stuff has just been epic. So I'm feeling the love, you know, like I'm feeling like all the hard work's paying off. And, and now I've got the album pre-orders started this week as well. So that's taken off and, you know, we're getting all the people sort of pre-buying the record. So and there'll be a new single coming in the next couple of weeks as well. So it's all happening. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's exciting but very hectic times. <laughs> well, that new single is going to be favourite song, isn't it? <laughs> your, yeah. Your publicist let me know that. And I did have a listen to, like, the acoustic version that you, that you shared, uh, that you performed live, and I loved the story behind the song that you shared. So I've already heard it, but could you share it with our audience as well? Yeah. Um, well, favourite song, the next single, um, comes out on the 13th of November. And it's a very personal song for me. Um, it was actually one of the first songs I wrote for this album. And I had the idea for ages, but basically I, I kind of got the idea about the connection between my dad and I about how we really just have this very close connection through music. And it was because my dad shared music with me and showed me his favourite songs that I then found this sort of love and this connection with him and understood him better because he showed me, you know, what he his music talent like likes were. I then met my husband, you know, um, seven, eight years ago, and the first thing we did when we hung out was share music with each other. And it was like kind of like getting to know each other was through music. And, you know, I guess for me, like, I feel like I can really get to know somebody when they play me their favourite songs, you know, like I I feel like this connection with them when they share, like, their songs that they listen to when they're feeling down or somebody goes, this is my funeral song or this is my wedding song if I ever get married or, you know, like it's just one of those things, like I get to know people better through music. So I think a lot of people do too, you know, like I love that question. It's probably my favourite question when I meet somebody new is what's your favourite song, you know, and I, I just think it's a real good sort of starting point <laughs> for a so, you know, that's what the song's about. And, um, again, I feel like it's really relatable, like the first single, and hopefully lots of people hear it and be like, you know, I get that. I, I totally, totally see that. So we've got a video coming as well that we've made for it. And, um, yeah, it's all very exciting. Lots happening in the next couple of weeks again. So, yes. And correct me if I'm wrong, is it supposed to be like a play on words of how you've spelt it? Because it's like 
fave and then R-I-T, like like Brit? Is that is that what it's supposed to be? No, close. No. So I was we, like we trying it, to decipher it. Like, we felt it like that because um, I I release my music internationally and uh, the Americans spell favourite different to Australian. So we just kind of came up with this idea that we'd spell it how it was pronounced, you know, and it's, it's a little bit hillbilly because it's like favourite, you know, like it's literally how you would say it, favourite. So I kind of wanted to make it a little bit hick and... Uh, but also the world would understand what it says just by reading it. Do you know what I mean? But I don't have to, like, do an Australian spelling or an American spelling or whatever. I can just do, like, my own spelling. So that was kind of the idea behind it. Well, plus your last name's Brit, so it kind of it works. Like, favourite. Favourite. <laughs> I don't know. That is true. That uh, is true. That's how I've I deciphered it. So everyone's going to decipher it differently, I think. Yeah, I totally didn't even think about that. So that's funny. So this is your, for Home Truths, is this your eighth album now? Like I was trying yep. to count them all. I was like, I think it's your eighth. So so with this it's eighth, eight. yeah, because all your other albums did so well and your fan base is so huge, do you, do you feel like there's like a certain level of expectation you need to meet? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, that pressure is always there to keep your standards high. I think, you know, I never want to release something that I'm not 100% proud of and sure about. So, you know, I think that's always a constant, um, you know, pressure on myself to keep the standard at a certain level. You know, from, from album number one, I've always tried to make the best music I can make and write the best songs I can write. And, you know, that's that's important to me that I make quality music and that, doesn't matter what music you're into you'll you'll hear it and you'll think it's quality because the, you know the effort and the work has been put in so yeah that's definitely something i i strive for with every album yes and especially with your first independent albums too you want to you want to start off with a bang for your new label <laughs> that's right that's exactly right yes well from what i've heard for like now because i haven't listened to the whole album yet you've done a fantastic yeah. job so we can't wait to It'll be a good way to start the new year. <laughs> yes, I know, right? Can't wait for 2021. Bring it on. Yeah, as you quickly mentioned as well, you will be going on a preview album tour from the 11th of November. So it's coming up quickly. And you will be starting yeah. in your hometown of Newcastle, which is great. And then traveling to places like Burke, Tamworth, Sydney, yeah, uh, Canberra, and like so many other places. Except for your hometown, because that's cheating a little bit. Where are you most excited to visit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, everywhere. I'm just excited to tour. Are you kidding me? I just can't wait to play gigs. Like, I mean, in Burke, I love Burke. I've been out there earlier in the year on the Bush Pubs tour, so I'm excited to get back out there. Love playing Tamworth. Um, excited for Gunnedah. I haven't done a lot of shows in Gunnedah over the years. I've never had a bad show in Sydney. Um, you know, the Brass Monkeys, another great one in Cronulla played that so many times over the years and always have a good gig there. Um, and the Heritage in Bulleye, so beautiful, such a great venue. So, yeah, I mean, I don't feel like there's like a bad gig on the bunch, you know, like they're all really exciting and I've got my full band, my brother's playing in my band, I've got my friend Natalie Henry opening the shows and it's just going to be great to, to play some new songs like as well as all the old stuff. So I kind of got a show based around that, like kind of going not chronologically, but a little like going through the story and then ending up with some new songs to showcase to people. And because no one's going to hear anything, obviously, till the album comes out in Gen 15th. So you'll only be able to hear 
the songs if you come out to the shows. So it's very exciting and very nerve-wracking. I've actually got band rehearsals tonight for the gigs, so pretty nervous about that, but excited as well. Are you nervous to perform for a live crowd again? Because obviously it hasn't happened for a while since COVID. Yeah, I've been doing the odd gigs, you know. We did a little run of um, Bush Pubs tour uh, last month and that was really fun. But, you know, I'm normally on the road 24-7, so it feels weird, you know, not working as much as I normally do, but I'm excited for sure to to get out and play. Have fun with it. I should come along to one of the shows in Sydney. Please do. You're coming, yes. <laughs> well, we are going to finish the interview very soon since you have to go pick up your kids. But I was just yeah. wondering, do you have any advice for our audience that might want to follow their dreams of becoming a singer or even open their own label if they really want to dream, dream yeah. big? <laughs> Look, I think the biggest thing I, I like to tell people is your success is totally, totally reliant on yourself. You know, like I think a lot of people think, you know, I've come across a lot of people, I've dated a lot of people that think that the record label is going to come and sign them out of their bedroom. You know, like it just doesn't work like that. The reason I have a career is because I went out and got it and I worked my ass off for it and I still work my ass off for it. So it just doesn't end. It doesn't like get easy. And the good thing is though, it's rewarding as hell because it's you're following your dreams, you're doing something you're passionate about, but don't come into it thinking that it's easy, it's all sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's not. It's If you want a real career that's longstanding, you have to work for it. So um, be prepared for that, you know. Be prepared to invest time and money into yourself. And you're the no one's going to believe in you as much as you do. Definitely have to back yourself. I totally agree. But it is, as you said, so rewarding and filled with passion yeah. if you love what you do. Yeah. That's right. We're getting to the end of the interview, unfortunately, Catherine, but as a closing statement and was probably the most important question, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your 14-year-old self? Oh, wow. So much. (laughs) I feel like I would tell her to trust her instincts more. You know, I, I was so, throughout the years, I feel like I've been told stuff about myself that isn't true, you know, and I think I always knew who I was um at heart and as I get older I realize that 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 person is perfectly fine and nothing has to change about her um so I think I wish I was just a bit more sure of that you know and 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 knew that who I was was okay you know a hundred percent so yeah that's what I'd tell her just to believe in herself more so yeah (laughs) and you still do that to this day I love it yep (laughs) Hopefully yeah. it's good advice for all the young listeners as well. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think you can hear it until you're older, though. That's true. There's that true. <laughs> even if you could talk to your 14-year-old self, would you listen to yourself? I don't know. <laughs> no. Would you even understand? Nope. <laughs> I'd be like, what's she doing that? And before we go, if the audience want to contact you, find out what you're up to in the future, even buy tickets for the tour, where should they go? Well, look, the, the centralist place is katherinebritt.com, my website. Uh, you can sign up for the newsletter. You can, you know, go on there and follow me on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. They're always really good as far as keeping up to date on a daily basis with me. I'm always posting and, and you know, keeping people up to date on what's going on. But also there's a lot of my personal life on there too and, you know, my kids and stuff. So it's a bit, if you want to dig in a little deeper with me, they're, they're always good ways to do it. Um, but, yeah, CatherineBridge.com has all the information you need, um, you know, to sort of, 
and the, the tour dates, they're all up there as well. So, yeah, follow me on there and on socials. Yeah, that'd be good. Easy enough to find you. They could probably just Google your name. Everything comes up. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Catherine. I know you're a busy woman and have just moved house, so I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. And come on the show anytime. Just consider it your second home. I had such a good time chatting to you. A lot of fun. Awesome. I will do that. I promise. Thank you. <laughs> and keep in contact. So if you want to come back on the show or you're in Sydney and you want to have a chat in person, that would be awesome too. Just let me know. That's amazing. Let's do it. Awesome. Thanks, Catherine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you want to be the first to get every new episode, remember to subscribe to this podcast for free. Just search for Rave It Up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share it with your friends and tell us what you love the most and even let us know what you want to hear on this podcast. You can even check out the videos of our interviews on our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. And for more, visit our website, raveituptv.com. Now, before I leave you today, I just want you to remember that you are loved and you are beautiful. Bye.